Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to BT Sports' new podcast, Life's a Pitch. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Don Fifield, The Guardian's London football correspondent, and Martin Lipton, Deputy Head of Sport at The Sun. It's International Week, time for us all to get our breath back. It's been wonderfully, joyfully bonkers. Who wins the title, Leicester or Spurs? Which big name, apart from Chelsea, is going to miss out on the top four? Have Sunderland and Newcastle conspired in their own downfall? Any other surprises in store? We'll go through the card in the next half hour or so. First, Leicester fans are so happy they refuse to leave Selhurst Park. Now, you were there, Dom. Will their team be moved? I, I don't think they will, actually. I, I, think, I think that performance was a very typical Leicester City performance. Everything, everything worked. Their system, very comfortable with the system. They know exactly what they do. They can almost read each other's minds with some of the passing and movement. And they've got such a stingy defence now that they can, they can nick games 1-0. They did nick that match. And there was a, the last, last seconds of the game when Damien Delaney hooks that volley onto the top of the crossbar. OK, it wasn't the underside of the crossbar. It wasn't the, the clearest of chances. But just seeing the, the woodwork struck, so another 1-0 win, 4 out of 5 now played out, it just looked to, to me and felt to me like, yeah, this is their title now. And, you know, one nil wins are always great tests of nerve, aren't they? And they've got the ultimate test of nerve now, haven't they, Martin? You know, basically, 17 points out of seven games, they're there. Look, it's theirs to lose, and who would have imagined we'd be saying that at the end of March? Well, that's the reality. They have been, without question, the, the best team in the league this season. They've won 19 games. They've won more than anybody else. They've lost fewer than anybody else. They deserve to be five points clear of the pack. Um, and they've also come for a really testing period because... I thought their hardest games would be the matches when they had to make the game rather than just play the reactive football they did at the start of the season. They had the majority of possession for the first half on, on Saturday, which they don't normally do. They developed this ability to win games, to score the odd go- the, the goal that's important, to get the break, but then to hold on to it. And that's an invaluable quality, and there's no question about it. They have, they have learnt to play the situation as much as anything else. They've not allowed the nerves to conquer them. And at the moment... I can't see them being toppled. I think they will go on to win the league. I mean, Fergie said at this lunch a couple of weeks ago, he thought they'd win by eight or nine points. Three games to go. Don't I, don't, yeah. I don't think he's too far wrong, actually. I think, it's the, I think they're going to win the league. Mm. And Ranieri, we do forget, you know, despite all the bumbling and everything else, he is a practised, seasoned Italian coach. Yeah, and you can see that in the back line, can't you? The, 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 the way they defend. 
and the way that they bring their midfielders back in to help as well. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? That's an Italian defence, but as it is actually there. The qualities are there. Uh, he's never won a league championship before, has he, in any of the clubs that he's, no, he he's managed? But this this will be his time. It's, look, that that in itself is a fantastic story. Um, it's particularly in a time when Chelsea is looking for a new manager. Um, for him to be back in the Premier League and excelling in the way he is. And look, the whole country bar Tottenham Hotspur and maybe some optimistic Arsenal fans um, want Leicester City to do it. That's deluded, by the way, not optimistic. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, but look, it's, it's, it's a wonderful story. It, it will be one of the greatest football stories. Mm. In, Let's in concentrate history. on the centre of that defence, because basically with Leicester, you, know, you can see the obvious, which is you know, Vardy, it's Mares, it's Kante, it's now Drinkwater. But those two central defenders, Huth and Wes Morgan, they are right at the heart of this, aren't they? But it's the whole unit as well, because it's Fuchs at left-back and it's Simpson at right-back and the goalkeeper who makes big saves when he has to. The deflected save from, I think it's Balassi on Saturday. He makes these saves. But yes, the two centre-halves are so powerful and strong. And they're both extremely limited. I mean, Robert Huth wasn't exactly (laughs) a big loss when he left... um, when he left Chelsea, and he's been round the houses enough times since, and nobody's really been that fussed about him. He's been like a job in centre half, and yet it's worked brilliantly this season. He's chipped in with big goals in big games. The winner at Spurs could end up being the most crucial goal in the mm. entire season. Um, Morgan has been mm. indomitable. He's been a remarkable player. He's played every game. You know, he was at Forest a couple of years ago, and people didn't take him seriously. Well, he's played without a break for two years because um, of his commitments yeah. with Jamaica, and it's brilliant. And, and I, you know, I don't see how anyone can possibly begrudge what they're achieving as, as a unit, as a team, as a club. And they said the central defence has been terrific, the solidity there. This is a team that, that shipped five against Arsenal at the start of the season. And you thought, oh, well, that's it. OK. The, the, the fairy tale, the bubbles burst, that's it. They'll end up finding their level at about 12th, 13th, 14th. That was the blip. That was their one, their one game blip as a unit <laughs> was against Arsenal. They don't concede goals. They look solid. They, you, they think that if they score one, and with Vardy and Mahrez, they're likely to score one, they'll win the game. It's a massive advantage. Mm. And also it's about team spirit. And I think you could probably make the same point about Tottenham, is that there is a, isn't it, the internal dynamics are right, aren't they? Yeah, I did Spurs on, on Sunday as well, and um, that, that on paper looked a really daunting and awkward fixture against a team that hadn't lost, Bournemouth hadn't lost a, an away game. But this that game, game was over year. in 44, 44 seconds. 44 seconds it had gone, yeah, yeah. absolutely. In the first 16 minutes, it's the energy that, that Tottenham have. And, and again, like Leicester, you're, you're right, they just have this, they know what each other are going to do. They, they can read each other's movements, um, they, they're comfortable in the system they play, um, and they've got proper quality in in their team as well in the, in a similar way in a similar way to Leicester I, th- I think it's probably you look at the Spurs team you can you can see that developing in maybe for a longer term than the current Leicester City team um, so maybe they can sustain the challenge over the next few seasons as well um, but there's there's so much going for them I mean the, the spine of that side the energy in that team the dynamism of that of the, of the Tottenham team is admirable and to see that them do that to Bournemouth who pride themselves on those same qualities was quite quite something. It was reminiscent to me of Arsenal at their pomp when they had Henri and Pires and Lundberg Mm. and Bergkamp and they would win games in the first 20 minutes and then that was it, it was done. They were two or three up and there was no way back and that was the performance Spurs put in yesterday. Absolutely at it from the start with that certainty. Those guys had the pedigree though, didn't they? I mean, Pires had come from Mm. France, he was a France international, Lundberg as well. Uh, The core of that team was was an established pedigree, absolutely. Absolutely. And this, this is a Spurs team that 
you know, if they stay together in two or three years' time and they're still playing in, in this in this fashion, they yeah. could. They well, it's could such be, a young team. If people, yeah. you know, average age twenty-four, that is remarkable. And also, you know that there's others he wants to promote from the youth team, like mm. Anomar. Fitzgerald is on loan at West Brom at the moment, but he he'll Good come player. back into it Good next player. season. Um, I'm not sure about Cavill, but he's there, and they've got um, the boy Winks, who you know he should have number 40 on his back, shouldn't he? I mean, he's got, <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong that he's got the other number, um, and a few others as well. That they, you know, the the, the two fullbacks, the is it Walk, Walker Peter? Yeah, he was on the bench. And then there, the other so, yeah. one, you know, they've got they've got two double barrel fullbacks, haven't they? Young Ooh. kids who they fancy. But you see, they've made a strategic commitment to youth, unlike other teams we can mention just down the road, uh, Dom at Chelsea. Uh, and John McDermott there, because he, he runs the academy, but he's got a much broader role, hasn't he? It's it's about the stra the strategy's right, the recruitment's right. Tottenham are in danger of being a well-rounded football club. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe, isn't it? But let's be fair, a lot of Spurs fans still moan about Daniel Levy, and I've never got it because this is a club that has that when Daniel Levy took over, if Spurs finished tenth, it was a good season. Now, if they finish fifth, it's a bad season. That's the, the growth in the club. And mm -hmm. actually, when you've got the sixth highest wage bill to consistently outperform, as they have over the last six or seven years, this will be the sixth year in seven they finished above Liverpool. They've never done that before. Mm -hmm. They are likely to this season, whatever happens, to finish above Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea and Liverpool, all of whom have vastly bigger budgets. And maybe Arsenal as well. If Spurs don't win the league, no one at Tottenham will be complaining. No. If they come second to Leicester, it will be, this is our best ever Premier League season. They've never finished in the top three in the Premier League. This is an outstanding season, whatever happens. And it will only increase the belief because it's a club that's actually run properly from top to bottom with a long-term plan. And I never thought I'd say that about Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Chelsea? Because you know, you know, you're very close to that club, Don, because you're, you're, you know, you're there most of your waking life. Um, you know, we, we're in a, another week where the Premier League are making advances about trying to get under-21 teams in the Johnson's Paint Trophy, the B-team principle in the football I thought the, the Premier League. League were opposed to that. Now suddenly they're in favour. Well, they make their minds up. It's, it, but it's, and, it, and it's consistent with basically trying to buy what they want. But if you look at Chelsea, do you think the penny might drop or the, or the £100 million might drop that they need to actually make the most of the resources they've got there. Well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? But no. I'm, I'm not so that's entirely no. convinced. I mean, look, there is, there's, there's a lot wrong at Chelsea in terms of recruitment. They've, 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 for, for a while now, they've been able to fall back on the fact that the youth team has done wonderfully well in the FA Youth Cup and in the various leagues, the UEFA League as well, and they, and they pointed to that as evidence of a, of a burgeoning youth system. But you look at it, they, they beat Manchester United... 5-1 in, yeah, in the and Rashford game. played in, Rashford game, played in yeah. that game. He's he's had his chance. Yeah. Those Chelsea players are never going to kick the ball. Was the ultimate opportunity for for Chelsea to blood their younger players. Um, they had nothing to play for in the Premier League. They weren't going to go down. It doesn't really matter whether they finished top ten. They didn't really want to qualify for the Europa League really anyway. Um, so why why are we not seeing the likes of of Dom Solanke, although he has been injured in fairness over at Vitesse, playing uh, Tammy Abraham playing, given opportunities to play in the first team at, at Chelsea, and instead, bizarrely and as you know, uh, possibly a favour for for an agent that they've got people like Alexander Pato on their books, arriving at the end of January and over 50, 55 days now, fifty six days later, still not fit enough to take 
to the pitch um, and actually feature in a Chelsea shirt. Um, Radamel Falcao still on the books. It, it makes no sense to me, but there have there, there always been bizarre decisions made in the recruitment department at Chelsea, and, and at some point you'd like to think they'd look... Maybe, maybe that point comes when Antonio Conte walks into training at Cobham this summer and finds 61st-team players there because they've all come back with their various loans and he has to sift through them to work out what his first-team squad is, possibly. But more likely, 25 of those will be earmarked to, to go out on loan already for next season. And Chelsea being Chelsea, they'll play a big part in the mayhem that's going to come in the transfer market anyway. Well, they? they will. They're going to spend big. I'm told that they intend to do a significant sum of recruitment come what may. That was always the plan, and they will go and try and get players. But they weren't... They've not in the past been trying to get players to play for clubs not in Europe. Absolutely. I think that's the difference. It does sell. change it. Uh, where there are... You know, unusual, unexpected clubs in the Champions League, big clubs in the Europa League. It's a different ball game now. And even with Conte as manager, and you've got to imagine he'll bring in two or three of his own people from Italy, people he knows. I mean, I'm sure he'd like to get Bonucci or Barzagli or someone like that. You know, maybe I don't know, even Lichsteiner from from Juventus, who's an attacking wing back, basically the way they played is a, a, with a with a back three. That was the way he liked to play, better than anything they've got there at the moment. Um, where do you find the room for, for young players in that? And the other thing, it's, and it, it's much easier for Pochettino at Spurs, as he did at Southampton, to play young kids. Because if he loses, he won't get sacked. If you're the Chelsea manager mm -hmm. and you play kids and you lose, you are sacked. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. That's the nature of the club. Maybe it will change now. Maybe in, in the light of what's happened this season, the board led by the owner agreed by Marina Granitskaya and others, will say, yes, we are willing to have another fallow period to develop these players so that in two years' time we're stronger and better. But I wouldn't put a penny of yours on it. Mm. If you look at Louis van Gaal, how much credit does he deserve for the emergence of Rashford or is it just desperation masquerading as innovation? I think there's, a, there's an element of desperation there. Look, it, it feels a bit perverse to, to criticise Van Gaal when he has, he has played a lot of young players. Borthwick Jackson's made a great impression yeah. when he's been in the team as well. And there have been others on the fringes who have been given... Even Varello, was, who played last week at right-back. Um, so we, we, we can't, on the one hand, say, you know, it's ridiculous that Hiddink doesn't play them when Van Gaal is playing them. Um, and he has drawn criticism because his team hasn't been playing particularly well. But... but um, I would criticise him for, for the few games that Rashford was played out of position. Um, I he think ended up playing at right wing. Right wing back in one against Liverpool, wasn't it? And, and, and the reality is that when you see what on, on Sunday in, in, the, in the derby, there was energy there. There was energy from Lingard in midfield, who's a player who he has given opportunities to. He's driving forward through the number 10. He's finally you know, seen the light and not pick Fellaini and, and Lingard is offering them pace of movement he's supplying a fluid front line of Martial and, and Rashford and that, that that is enough to give people optimism I mean it, it's a wonderful story Rashford's story he was the only Mancunian on the pitch I think in the derby and the goal was quality absolute quality the instinctive yeah. nature of the collection the possession and the Getting away from Di Michaelis and the finish beyond the England goalkeeper, all in the blink of an eye, it was it was a, the finish of a of a player of proper pedigree. There's some really good young players there. I mean, Rashford won. Martial is increasingly reminiscent, as I thought first time actually, of a, of a young Henri. There's something about him. He's a really top player in the making. I know they paid a staggering amount of money for him, overpaid for him, but he's still of top quality, so that's fine. I mean, you Manchester United can afford to pay that sort of thing. Mm. 
But what you don't appear to have is a, is a, is a team that believes in what the manager is asking them to do. Mm. And they may play the odd one-off game, but they don't trust in what the... So given that, and I think it's a reality, do you keep Van Gaal or do you look to succeed? Well, I wouldn't, get, I wouldn't keep him. I'd get rid. But I suspect that if he does finish top four, he'll stay. I really think that's what they want to do, and then it would allow them... Not but that's to just room. about corporate ego, isn't well, it? Well, it, it might be, but that's, this is how big clubs have run often these days. It's the whim of one or two people who decide what the direction of a club is. And also, admitting you've made a fundamental mistake doesn't come easy to someone who's on £4 million a year. Mm. What about Ronald Koeman to take over? Well, it's a nice idea. I've been, I think everybody's been really impressed with, with what Koeman has achieved at Southampton um, and he is an ambitious man and you do wonder quite what the transfer policy again will be at Southampton in the summer will he put up with another summer where they sell a Sadio Mane um, one of his big tap but that's the nature times. of their club and their strategy isn't it yeah but I, I, and I think it's what he initially bought into and accepted but I got the impression certainly when things were when it appeared to hit a wall around Christmas time in January that, that it was getting the it was getting on top of him and he was almost he was intimating that he wouldn't put up with that again. Now, the recovery is one of thing in two, you can get away with it, can't you? It's when you lose yeah. all. And, and strangely enough, Mane, I know he did well this weekend, but Mane's actually been off, off colour yeah. for a while. And this, this calendar year, really, he's not really been on, the, on, on it properly. But um, they, will, they will wheel and deal and they, they will strengthen. And they, they're, they're a club that has the potential to, to go even further. I'd like to see Warp Faust play more. I think he could be yeah. a very, very good mm. player. I think he's an England player of the future as well. I like him. He's got great dead ball ability. He looks as though he can play. Bit of Beckham-esque at times, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but I mean, look, he's still a young boy. That's the great thing. I mean, genuinely, I mean, I've been a critic of the Premier League and the academy system about the lack of quality coming through. I have to say, they promised me that talent would start to emerge and it's hard to deny that it's starting to emerge now. Mm -hmm. But it's, and a that's question, really important. it's the question of opportunity, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. And that's incumbent upon managers to have the bravery to play players. And to look at what Pochettino has done, to look at what um, Southampton have done. You know, they play target at left-back this season as well. You know, he's come through and, and Ward Proust. And they've got others who are in the fringe, like, you know, your Reeds and, and Gallagher's who are young players. They're willing to give a chance to... And I want everyone to do that. I really do. I think it's mm. massive. Because if you've got a young local hero, the fans will give him extra bars. Look at the way they've taken to Rashford. Proof in mm. point there. Mm. They want him to be... If City had two young players who were English from their academy, the fans would take to him. Every club's fans Well, would. you talk to people at City and they're talking about, well, look, we've got this group between sort of about 12 and 16 who will fulfil that criteria. They're not quite there yet. When you look at City now... OK, strategically, they've got it right. You know, that that mm -hmm. academy, uh, the um, uh, complex, the training complex it's is fantastic. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But the club itself, or that first team itself, tells me that the culture's still not right at the, at the highest level. They're indolent. It, it feels like an end of an era, doesn't it, for that team? Um, and probably the right, the right time for that to happen, to be honest. I think that I, I think Pellegrini has, it deserves a lot of criticism for the way things have meandered this season after the start they had with the five successive wins when we all thought they were going to walk the league um, I, they're, they're pinning all their hopes on a on a fantastic run in the Champions League and I mean they're going to have to get into the semi-finals and, and the final really to, to make this season feel fulfilled because 
that team should be that that should have been there. They've got the best squad in the league. league they should have they should yeah, have walked the league this year. Absolutely, absolutely. And okay. he's, he's and they're in danger of not even coming right. top four. Well, that's you're talking reputation there. The reality is that too many of them are basically they're playing at 60, 70, 80 percent max. I think some of them just got old together. I mean, Zabaleta appears to have lost his powers there on the wane. In fact, both sides are full-backs and not terribly impressive. Centre-halves, when camp company's not there, there is no leadership. Dima Kalis, my He word. was a shambles yesterday, wasn't he? Why, I mean, is, why is a club of Manchester City's standing and status reliant, so reliant upon Aguero at one end and company at the other? And it's frightening, isn't it? It is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you can I mean, even Silver, throw in Silver's gone off this season. Maybe yeah. the injuries have taken their toll. Mm. They've horribly missed De Bruyne. No question about that, because when you had him and Sterling either side, you were stretching teams with your pace. And with Navas, while he's incredibly quick, there's not enough M product, is no. there? You don't really, not, you wouldn't be scared of him. You'd be worried about him in a foot race, but you wouldn't have worried about him when he got to the end of the end of it and what, with the ball at his feet. Doesn't mm. do enough. Should City be as, as scared of actually not making the top four? Well, they should be concerned. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I spoke to Wenger on Friday last week, and he was admitting that he was looking over his shoulder at what West Ham were doing, and now it's West Ham and Manchester United right on City's shoulder, right there. Um, West Ham's momentum and, and and the emotional attachment of what they're of leaving the bowling ground will drive them forward through the, the final weeks of the season, and, and they they will be a proper threat as long as they keep their their key attacking players fit, the Pires and the Lanzinis fit. Um, Manchester United just never go away. I mean, we, this has not been a good season, and yet every time we think they're out of it, they pull out a result. They win at Liverpool, they win at Manchester City. And so, you know, it should be a concern for City. And they, they have the distraction of two, you know, gargantuan ties against Paris Saint-Germain to come, which, which will draw their focus. And also the injuries now, they're mounting up. You've lost heart, yeah. presumably, for... Well, they're talking three or four months. weeks, yeah. aren't they? So yeah. potentially both legs of the, of the quarter-final... Uh, Sterling, likewise, is going to be out. Company. They're, they are running short, and I've no, I've no sympathy at all, because that's why we have a squad, and also that's why you're supposed to have a youth team to fill the gaps when you get injuries. If they're not good enough, somebody else's fault. It's the manager's fault, it's the recruitment's fault, it's Begivistan's fault, it's Soriano's fault, it's everyone's fault. Stop moaning, get on with it, do something about it. <laughs> Show a bit of gumption, actually, because that was the problem. They lack... They lack the intensity that's required. Almost as if they thought, well, we've won the league twice. We don't need to worry about that. We've got a new manager coming. Either fancies us, great, or he doesn't fancy us, and we'll go off and get a massive pay rise, go somewhere else and cut off a transfer fee, so it doesn't matter. But we haven't won the Champions League, so let's try and win that, shall we, boys? Because yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> One thing you can't accuse Slaven Bilic of is a lack of intensity. <laughs> Any other season, he'd be potential manager of the season, yeah, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... I, I, I'll admit I was I was wrong. I thought I thought that they it was a risky appointment last summer. I thought it was a manager who wore his heart on his sleeve a bit too much, and that, that uh, maybe the the tactical acumen would would escape in the Premier League. But I was horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. He's been he's been brilliant. Um, I, I presume he had a major say in the arrival of Paye, um, who has just been a breath of fresh air and, and has driven that team on as an attacking force. And they're great. And it, and it's 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 lovely to see. In fairness, because because there is a big moment when they leave Upton Park, and, yeah. and for them to be doing that on that. But we're talking about state-sponsored football here, aren't we? They, oh, yeah, should they? Should they have that stadium? No, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't but, they but they have got it. The taxpayer will so, make yeah, West Ham but, a top-six club yeah, for the next yeah, ten years. Yeah, but somebody had to go in there. They couldn't leave it empty. So if, some, if they had to find an anchor tenant. Now, you might argue, why did West Ham get it? Should Spurs have got it? Should somebody else have got it? Somebody had to go in there. 
just to make it better. And I know people say, well, what about this and what about that, about the leg athletics legacy? It was unviable without an anchor tenant or anchor, you know, a, a club playing there. And West Ham won the lottery. They really did. Um, it, you know, they've got lucky, as did Manchester City mm. 10 years ago. Yeah, Sometimes you've just got to be in the right place at the right time. Manchester United found a team at the birth of the Premier League, the right place at the right time. It just happens. You get, you get opportunity. What you've got to do is then grasp that opportunity. Yeah, and they haven't done that yet, have they? I mean, no. it will be, there will be a period of adjustment next year which will be difficult for them, I imagine. It, the atmosphere will be very different in that stadium. What, what's interesting this year is that the criticism that's been made of Bilic as a manager over his career has never been about his, his intelligence and his tactical nuance. It's about the lack of goals in his team. They don't score enough goals. He's well, he's obviously done something about yeah. it because this team does score enough mm. goals. Maybe that's because of the fundamental weakness in the Premier League, mm -hmm. but maybe it's because he's learnt and revised his own thoughts and feelings and approach to the game in his period, particularly in, in, in Turkey. Martin talked about winning the lottery. Now, the opposite of that must be supporting one of the North East clubs, Sunderland and Newcastle. Yeah. That result, the 1-1 on Sunday, probably the worst thing that could happen to both clubs, wasn't it? A result that was cheered in Norwich and possibly South London uh, as well. I mean, yeah. You, by the way, do you still think that Palace are in trouble? Yeah. Absolutely. They haven't won 13 games. They haven't won since December the 19th. Um, and uh, the same issues that affected them at the start of the season, the lack of goals, lack of a natural goal scorer in the side is, is still a they problem. They need two wins, don't they? Yeah, well, they haven't two had wins since mid-December. I mean, 39 will probably be enough. But they've been, on, been, they've, been stuck on, they've been stuck on 33 <laughs> for a very long time. Mm. It's look, it's it's a it's a tricky situation and it's a, a real test of of Pardew. I think the return of Punchin will be a bonus. The return of MacArthur for the semi-final will be a bonus. But I do worry even about the FA Cup now, distraction-wise. But looking at the northeast, <laughs> Sunderland, no clean sheets in 16 games. Not a Sam Allardyce team. Rafa. You could see little signs that he was getting a bit of defensive discipline in there. But who's going to score their goals? Are we going to have a championship next season with, not, with Newcastle and Sunderland in it? I think so, yes, at the moment. I think the key will be the next three games. Uh, for no Norwich play in order, uh, Sunderland, Palace, Newcastle, I think. Or, uh, Newcastle yeah. first. Yeah. yeah, so Newcastle, Palace, Sunderland. Yeah. If they get seven points out of that, then it's gone for the, uh, for, for, for the two North East teams, you feel. Norwich would then be right in 35 points. They'd be above but, Palace, potentially. Only, only if Palace don't get winning. Because I still think there's a chance that... I think they all look at it. Newcastle and Sunderland will look at it and think, well, we can still catch Palace. We can still get... Yeah. If, if their form continues... I mean, they are pinning their hopes on, mm. on a, effectively Palace going 21 games, I think, pretty much, without a win. But I, I, I still think Palace will just about get out of it. I think they need to win one game and it will change their mentality. Yeah, that's true. It will free them. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how they do it. But the other two, the Newcastle, uh, Newcastle and Sunderland, you look at them and you can't fit, find any real reason to believe they'll get out of it. They don't, they're not good enough. They are very, the only thing you've got in Sunderland's cause is Defoe because he's a goal scorer. Yeah. That's the one thing. But he's not in the first flush of youth. He's, you know, he's going to be tired. He's playing every game and he's not getting any rest. And he's, mm. he, he went to Canada for an easy life, remember? He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we've got the international break, which is you know, gives him that rest. Let's have a little look at that. England, Germany on Saturday night, then Holland at Wembley. What about the mood of the nation? Are we ready to embrace this England team? 
I think we are if Roy Hodgson gives us reason to and picks the younger players in the team and doesn't doesn't revert to type. I think the current squad is relatively exciting actually. I mean it's there's there's a a lovely core of of Spurs players um, who are, as I say, riding the crest of the wave at the moment. They're they're, they're all energised um, and should become should remain the core of the England team for a long time to come. Um, there's also you know, a bit of intrigue in the likes of of, of Drinkwater and Vardy, who are bringing all the optimism from Leicester City in there, um, and that will offer a bit of enthusiasm and a bit of zest and a, you know something to look forward to if Roy plays those players in the in the right positions and you know and and, and the, the team as a unit is young and refreshed and goes and learns from what will be an education in Berlin on Saturday. My only concern about about England is that come Russia and Marseille in June is that he is that England go back to the sort of tried and well tried and tested but but the, the same players who have who have let us down in the mm. past. Yeah, but it's that, a bit of a, we well, need some adventure, don't we? Well, yeah, but hang on. Revert to type, tried and tested. This is a bloke who started the World Cup with Welbeck, Sturridge, True. and Sterling. Who started the Euros, his first major game, with Oxlade Chamberlain in the team. Mm-hmm. He has. He, he gave Deli Alley his first England cap after 10 games for Spurs. He played Harry Kane after he's got six goals. If you actually look at what Hodgson has done, he hasn't been tried and trusted and stick to the old guard. He's completely altered the team in the period. Now, you may say he doesn't always pick the right players. This was a bloke who picked Jamie Vardy. A year ago, everyone was like, Jamie, who? Are you kidding? You must be mad. This shows this manager hasn't got a clue. <laughs> Maybe he's got a bit of a clue. Maybe he saw something that other people hadn't. You know what? He did see something that other people hadn't. Mm. So I suspect he wants to be bold. I mean, the, yeah. the players he's picking. I'd love him to go with Ali and Barkley in the starting team on Saturday just to see whether yeah. they could cut it. Yeah. Yeah. With well, It's a free go at it, isn't well, it? I, I mean, I, I, we've got no Rooney there. So you don't you have to play a different way. Let's play four three two one. Let's go with, for me, or four two three one. But go dive and drink. Is Rooney though a potential tipping point? Will he come in no matter what happens in the summer? I think he will. Personally. I think he will if he's fit. Yeah. He's got to be he's fit. To be fit. He's said to him, it's interesting. I, I think that this is the first time that an England captain is in danger of not being selected for a long time. The last one who did this was Venables in '96 when he didn't pick Platt. In the Euros, he was captain all the way to the to the uh, eve of the tournament. He was captain, and he was dumped for the first game, and he went with Adams as captain mm-hmm. against Switzerland. And if Rooney's not fit, I think he's going to have to leave him out because he's not fit. I don't I don't care who it is. If they're not fit, they can't go. And there will be. And, but if he is fit, he must go because he's still our best player. If you look at his performances for England over the last four years, he's been our number one player. He's our top goal scorer. He has scored Shedler. He scores a goal every one and a half games for Hodgson. Mm. It's not as if his performances have been awful. They've actually been pretty good. The other, before he got injured, he was United's best player for a month, scoring a goal, scoring every game. OK, Martin, final question for both of you. <laughs> and it's our solemn duty to pile pressure on England, isn't it, as, as journalists? <laughs> How will they get on in the Euros? I think... I think Hodgson will take them to the quarterfinals and will offer enough evidence of of long-term thinking to get a new contract. Martin? As ever, England will go out to the first decent team they play in the quarterfinals on penalties 
and the manager will be asked to take another alternative employment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have been here before. I agree, quarter-final. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Acast and Befeller. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcast og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.